his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. got Jethro Tull on the set list today. Something tells me you feel the same way about Jethro Tull that you do about Rush, Sue. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. look over to see the facial yeah. expression, but it was just kind of a little gut check that I had yeah. with uh, Ian Anderson singing here in the background. Oh. I wouldn't say that they're my favorite of all time, but I do like a little Jethro Tull. Now and again, uh, you can always look at the... The X, formerly Twitter, at Mark Reardon KFTK. Every day I put a little uh, sticky note that Abby writes out for me that has the songs of the day because people ask about them every once in a while. So you can cross-reference. You can, um, you know, save those tweets as a collector's item. You can trade oh, them goodness, with yes. your friends. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, I found, you know, in, uh, believe it or not, I know this may come as a shock to some people, I actually prepare for the show every once in a while. What? I don't like to go too hard, Sue, but when I was looking at some stuff earlier this morning, I'm reading this piece um, on Real Clear Politics about dissatisfied young voters and what's keeping them from, you know, getting involved in, in all these little nuances with younger voters that I certainly can't relate to that Abby would be able to relate to, right, as our younger producer here on The Mark Reardon Show. And I get to the end of the article and I found out it's a, a young woman named Adeline Von Drehl, I think. How would you pronounce D-R-E-H-L-E? Drehle? We'll find out. I don't know. Well, she's a Mizzou student. So we, we, I, it's interesting because I have this guy coming up, Bradley Haley, a little bit later, who wrote a piece for The Federalist. He's a Hillsborough College student and a young conservative, really, really smart. He's going to weigh in. Um, Adeline's going to weigh in on Monday, real sharp Mizzou student, maybe rising in the uh, world of politics. We'll find out. But that's coming up Monday afternoon. One story that I did not cover, and we didn't do this on the roundtable, and the only reason is because I just didn't have enough time for everything, is um, Senator Hawley made some big news here a couple of days ago, and he's introduced two bills to protect kids online and prevent harm by social media companies. And we'll get into the specifics and the details of that here in just a couple of minutes. But this was the moment when Mark Zuckerberg from Meta, Facebook, was before this committee on Capitol Hill and got called out by Senator Hawley with a bunch of parents who are the parents of victims of some of the nastiness that goes out on social media right in the room. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? He turns around. Starts addressing them. You really can't hear that now because he's off the mic, but he turned out. It was quite the moment the other day. And Annie Chestnut-Tudor, who is a scholar with... 
Heritage is with us, wrote about some of the things related to big tech and protecting kids. Annie, how are you? Welcome to 97.1 FM Talk. Hi, Mark. Great. Thanks for having me. What did you think of that moment with Senator Hawley the other day and uh, Mark Zuckerberg sort of turning around and, and making somewhat of an apology, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite astounding. Uh, he really put Mark Zuckerberg on the spot there. And um, I wish we could hear everything that he said. I know. Um, it was unclear to me if he actually apologized or I just caught the, the tail end where he um, – you know, tries to justify some of Meta's actions that that they are trying to improve the situation. But as many of the senators um, kept pounding, is like you are not doing enough. You are failing our kids. Well, let, let's talk. What is the the crux of the issue with uh, with social media and the concerns? Because uh, you know, one, one thing that I would say is that I'm I'm a libertarian conservative who does not like the government involved in many things at all because I think they do more harm than good. Uh, I think parents should kind of supervise some of the stuff. On the other hand, you have such reckless and irresponsible behavior on the part of some of these social media companies. And by the way, I think it's continuing. I don't think they're cleaning up their act, even though they're being called out by Congress, Instagram in particular, that it almost seems like government intervention is necessary at this point, Annie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can tell you, I can really relate with that libertarian perspective. Um, you know, being a conservative Republican, I have always had the mindset and valuing um, limited government. And there are so many industries where we have overregulated and we need to roll back regulations. But what we have with big tech is, I mean, it's the Wild West. There are very little regulations because of how new so much of this industry is. And um, really the the troubling content is just the proliferation and prevalence of child sexual abuse material and exploitation. And this might surprise some people. And if it does, good. I'm so glad that you've never come across this content. But it is a growing problem on these um, social media platforms. I mean, in 2022 alone, there were 32 million reports from um, social media companies and unclear how many were not reported and they just they are not doing enough to remove this content and prevent it from happening in the first right, place. Right, right, exactly. And then, now, and there's been some good, like even the New York Times has done some reporting on this on Instagram in particular and some of the stuff that still gets out there. I can't believe, and I don't know all the particulars of that hearing the other day, but I can't believe that they don't have some tools because now, you know, they've been exposed and there's people trying to shed light on this that they can't fix this, but apparently they can't fix it, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they do have um, some filtering software that they use to find uh, child sexual abuse material, CSAM, um, often abbreviated, and to remove it. But that, it, what it does, it's comparing images and videos against known CSAM material. So if it's new CSAM material, it might not be detected. And the other problem is just because of the nature of social media is that often users are interacting with strangers, like people that they don't actually know in real life that it really allows predators to um, find victims. And children, as we all know, are very vulnerable to that. Um, and so in terms of, like, Congress's authority to um, 
get involved. I mean, we the Supreme Court has found in multiple cases that the government does have an obligation to protect children from obscene material. And at this, at the rate of what's going on, clearly the social media companies are not doing enough to protect kids. And so this is why there is a compelling interest for the government to get involved. Yeah. Annie Chestnut Tudor is here, Heritage Scholar. Let's kind of go over. I don't know how much you know about the particulars, but Senator Hawley has introduced two bills, actually. One is called the Mature Act. That's the Making Age Verification Technology Uniform Robust and Effective Act. That's a mouthful right there. There's also the Federal Social Media Research Act. So the Mature Act, and Annie, I want you to chime in here and tell me if you know more about it. The way that it's described from Senator Hawley's page is it would prohibit social media companies from offering accounts to users under the age of 16, hold social media companies accountable by creating an audit process and a private right of action. The Federal Social Media Research Act would commission a report on the harms of social media and fully fund a longitudinal study to track social media's effects on children over 10 years. So those kind of go in different directions. But aren't they supposed to age verify now? I know in your piece you wrote about how, and I'm not a TikTok person, but they disable messages for users who attest they're younger than 16. But can't you just lie about that? Yeah, exactly. That's the problem right now. It's just based on self-certification. So you create an account, you put in your birth year. And so, and this is why um, being currently kids under 13 are not supposed to be having social media accounts because of the Child Online Protection Act. Um, But there's very little to prevent it. So a 10-year-old can say like, actually, I'm 19 years old. And um, create an account. So I, I haven't looked at the particulars of this bill. Uh, certainly support raising uh, the age of kids who are getting social media accounts, but I'm not sure how it, um, what the teeth are, but yeah, that's uh, the problem I mean, that it's doing more than what, what the social media accounts are. Well, cause you would need some teeth and I don't, that that's where it kind of makes me a little uneasy with the feds getting involved in trying to monitor something. But uh, you would have to say, and I'm so concerned about this and, and it's interesting because all this stuff was kind of coming about when I had children who were relatively young. And I think that I would even say that I was probably too permissive with social media, but they never got into it. They never really got into, you know, Facebook or anything like that. Now, TikTok sort of changed things, but now I have an eight year old cause I'm on round two of, uh, you know, of children with um, with my daughter who just is about to turn nine. And I'm terrified, Annie, about this stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much access. Sue and I, I don't know about you, we come from an era where there wasn't a lot of access when you wanted to see things. And now these kids can pretty much see everything. And let's face it, they're smart enough to get around parental controls and some of these other things as well, which kind of leads me to wonder if they're smart enough to get rid of or get around rather new federal laws that might be laid down when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, it uh, certainly will depend on, like, compliance and enforcement. You know, are these companies complying in a meaningful way, um, not just a bare minimum, doesn't really do anything, and um, how the bill is being enforced. And in, in this case, like, the companies seem to be hold liable, right? Not not kids. We're not going to – I don't think anyone's going to argue for kids should be punished if they create an account and they weren't supposed to. Um, it's really up to the companies. And there are there are things that parents can do currently, um, but there you know there are phones like Gab or Bark that either like prevent internet access. Or, you mean different software that parents like parental control software stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. and it, I mean it's which 
probably is easier for younger kids. Um, imagine me pretty tough if you have like a 17 year old and say, sorry, you can't have a phone with internet. Um, I'm not a parent yet myself, but that would, that seems like well, it'd be yeah, challenging. That, it would be challenging for sure. So I, I want to kind of explore one other area here because you mentioned it in the piece. You said last month, and I did not see the last month piece, but you say you um, talked about establishing age verification for pornography websites. That That's something that, that isn't even codified right now, right? You can just say what your age is and then you're fine. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar because my wife works in the cannabis industry, so I'll use that as an example. This is true for alcohol, too. Are you 21 years old? Yes, I am. Which, well, you can just say whatever. It doesn't really matter, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so some states are tackling this issue. Louisiana was the first, and they've been the most successful because their state, they already have a digital credential called LA Wallet. So it's an app where um, that has like your driver's license and you could use that if you're at the store to buy alcohol or if you got pulled over, the police would take looking at LA wallet and wouldn't take looking at a photo of your license, but through this app. And um, so they were well, the way the age verification works in their state on these porn websites is you go to the website. Um, it says that, your age has to be verified, and it requests a code, a challenge code from the issuing authorities, like the state DMV, mm-hmm. and then you get that code on your app, and you enter it in, and the just the course age is sent to the website. So right. yes, user over eighteen, or no, user not over eighteen. They like, they cannot proceed. Um, so that's like one example. Now you're saying that, like individual states can actually do that. They have the, um, you, you know, I know you can do this with gambling, for example. Here in Missouri, we don't have sports wagering. In Illinois, they do. So, you know, the what do they call it? The geotargeting or whatever sort of affects that, right, depending on where you are. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you can, if they don't require, and I don't think Louisiana did this, if they don't require um, subjecting VPNs, like known VPN or proxy um, IP addresses, which, um, you know, those are every device that's connected to the internet has an IP address. A lot of people use VPNs or proxies to change that. So it looks like you're in a different location and the reasons for like privacy. Um, but I mean, really to also enforce this is that you would require the companies to do their due diligence and check IP addresses against like known VPNs. Um, in order to try to prevent people from using a VPN to avoid the age right. verification but see, what's requirement. The, the bottom line here, though, is what's the actual um, possibility that anything will change? And I say this from this perspective. It wasn't too long ago, I'd say a year ago, that we were, and I think even people were saying, yeah, they're going to ban TikTok because there was a movement to ban TikTok. Well, that really hasn't gone anywhere. And again, I don't know if that's my favorite thing because I'm not you know, a big fan of banning things, and I do like freedom. On the other hand, I see some you know, influence from the Chinese communists on TikTok with indoctrination that I'm very concerned about. But, you know, we talk about this stuff. Senator Hawley pounds his fist, and I think he's right to go after some of these social media companies, seek compensation for sexual abuse victims from Zuckerberg or other. But they can't get their crap together on pretty much anything in Congress. So it leads me to believe that really none of this is going to take place in any kind of form of legislation. So then where are we left? Because the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, this is where just keep exposing these companies and, I mean, 
certainly are going to be like market pressures. And I think these companies have responded to some of them is that um, if we, the people are angry enough about this and keep talking about it, hopefully there'll be some change on their part and um, also pressure our legislators to pass something. Um, I think there also needs to be work in the state. So I don't think that, yeah, unfortunately we can't, just rely on Congress because there is a lot of gridlock in Washington. So um, state legislators need to pass their own measures that, and that often can put pressure on Congress because when there's these, because the internet transcends state lines, but so if there are all these like patchwork state laws that can often pressure Congress to pass something that works for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, Annie, thank you so much for coming on here. We'll see where this takes us. I'm very curious about Senator Hawley's bills, and we'll uh, we'll have you back again. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. You know, I'm uh, Sue, you don't use TikTok, do you? No. Huh? Uh, are you, You're you a Facebook person a little bit. Do you do yeah. the Instagram? Uh, I am off both of those right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm taking a social media off the so charge I, I thing. Like, I like Instagram quite a bit because, and I'll, I'll tell you that I, I use Instagram a lot for golf because there's all kinds of mm. people up there with videos and you know tutorials and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if you looked at my Instagram, I got, on Instagram you can save things. And so all my saved videos, there might be a <laughs> couple of videos. cute puppy videos because that's one thing Alexa loves. Before she goes to bed, Becky will sit there and do you know the cute animal videos and stuff like that. But I honestly, God, I am terrified about the influence of social media with some of these kids. Especially and, TikTok. Well, especially TikTok. But I think I think this really runs the gamut. TikTok is the the real target now because they're the number one, and I think that they they dominate. And I've never had TikTok. I've never I downloaded either. TikTok. Did, what was it that um, uh, Zuckerberg was, uh, in other words, what were the problems that people were presenting there with Josh Hawley? What, what kind of issues was it? Sexual abuse issues. So uh, what they're saying so, is they're trying to hold what, what he's basically saying. They were, um, and by the way, to, to their credit, they went, uh, they were not subpoenaed. They were requested to be at a hearing to improve the child safety features wow. on these sites. Because what's happened, and you had in that room the other day a bunch of different parents whose kids were kind of sucked in to some of these things because it's so deceptive with the messaging. Like if you look on Instagram in particular, I don't know what their rules are, but this is how, and I think Snapchat is where it really happened with kids back in the day. You could send messages to your friends or to someone who's going to drop weed off or vape pens or something like that, and then that kind of goes away, and it's hard for the parents to monitor this as well. Well, in this case, you have, let's say you have a 14, 15-year-old girl who is being approached by someone who Claims they're told to be. her yeah. their age or right. something like that, just someone flirty, and then the kid gets in a little bit of deeper, and then there's maybe there's physical contact or something like that. Ooh. And it gets um, it gets nasty like that. So that was interesting because Hawley said to Zuckerberg, you know, have you ever apologized to the victims? And Zuckerberg turns around and he says he's sorry for what they've gone through. It was very emotional the other day. There's a promise. And, and this is one of the things that, that Hawley's, I think, really, you know, prioritizing right now to do something about it in Washington. But let's face it, we they can't do anything in Washington. So what's the end result? Now, I will say. This is unique in the fact that you got two guys from this state and the state across the river, Illinois, Dick Durbin, who's certainly in no way, shape or form would be, you know, misunderstood for Josh Hawley. But they're kind of on the same page on this. Yeah. So maybe they can do something. I I just like 
Annie said something about teeth. Whatever they do, it's got to have teeth and it's got to work. Well, exactly. Right? Otherwise, it's completely unenforceable, yeah. and then you're back to square one. That's why my gut tells me we're not going to get anywhere on this, but I'm wrong about a lot of things. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You know that, Sue. Huh. Oh, yeah, great stuff from uh, Mr. Chris Stapleton there. 531. Bradley Haley is my guest in this final segment before we do audio cut of the day. He wrote a piece at The Federalist. He's a young conservative at Hillsborough College, and he wrote a piece as a hunter that appealed to me called The Founding Fathers Would Be Ashamed and How Few American Men Still Hunt. And I think he's right about that. Bradley joins us tonight. Bradley, how are you? Doing well. Happy Friday to you, too. So uh, what inspired you to write this? It's interesting to me because uh, my dear friend, Ted Nugent, Bradley, would completely agree with you. He preaches the gospel on the outdoors and getting out there and hunting all the time. By the way, you're in Michigan, too, so not too far away from where Uncle Ted might be. Not this time of year. I think he's down in Texas. But this is an important topic, right? Yeah, yeah. I I started writing this because I was reading kind of two different things. at once. One was a report from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service about statistics on Americans in the outdoors in the year 2022, and also this letter from 1784 that Benjamin Franklin wrote describing the character of uh, Americans in the in the early republic, and uh, just seeing the stark contrast between um, how co- committed people were in the early republic to cultivating the land and to being in the outdoors to today where very few People, especially men, are uh, regularly in the outdoors. You know, and I, I mentioned Ted Nugent for really good reason, because he, he does preach this on a regular basis, the importance of, you know, being outdoors, the importance, and you address this sort of in the piece of, of having the opportunity. And look, as, as a hunter, you don't shoot everything in the woods. I think people think that you're just um, shooting everything that comes by. There is a, a balance of nature that takes place out there, and it gives you deep appreciation for the earth, I think, when you take a deer or a bird or something like that. And by the way, I, I'm in a group of hunters that we don't waste the food, right? We we put the uh, the meat on our tables. You know, we're not you're not just shooting things to shoot them. And that's part of what you address in this piece. And I, I don't know if you get into the the details of why we've gotten so far away from this. You know, generationally, if you will. Yeah, I, that's that's great. You know, the founders really did have this vision of 
the citizen that, that worked the land, that was in the land, and um, was able to sustain himself from the food um, that he killed via hunting or fishing or, or farming. And in the piece, I talk about how in our economy, right, you just go to the store, you know, pay for a piece of meat that's already well butchered and prepared, and you don't have that skill set of actually knowing how to sustain yourself from the world around you. Um, and the founders, I think, would re really be ashamed of that and our, our inability to be self-governing and self-sustaining. By the way, I think they would be. They'd, they'd be very ashamed. But what people are probably saying right now hearing this is, well, wait a second. The founders didn't have, I don't know what kind of grocery stores you have up there and you know, like the Piggly Wiggly or something. We have Schnooks and yeah. Deerbergs and things like that around here. They say, hey, we got meat counters. We don't need to go out there in the woods. I think that's how people sort of approach this now. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And to, to an extent, that's a fair point. But I think what the founders would say would be, okay, maybe you don't need to, you know, survive based on how well you do in the woods in November, but maybe it's more about your character and the kinds of things that you do uh, as a citizen uh, of, of a self-governing republic. You know, if you go out into the woods in November and shoot a deer, that, that is a great way to, 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 to sustain yourself with food. But you do that more for the experience yes. of it um, and for the uh, overall impact it has on your life of cultivating character, of just relaxation, enjoyment from nature. Um, so, yeah, it's a fair point that we don't necessarily need to do this, but we should have things in our lives as citizens that we do because it's good for us to have leisure and also to just be productive citizens and know how to survive. And I'm going to take, you know, for a second, I'm going to take men out of the mix because you, you address mm -hmm. that. And that's something, if you don't go to deer camp, if you don't hunt, you don't really understand the camaraderie. And I've been at a mm -hmm. deer camp. I think, honestly, I think last year was my 30th year hunting with um, my friends who were in mid-Missouri, north of Columbia. I went to the University of Missouri and I hunt in Howard County for people listening right now. But, you know, I, I did not start hunting until... Well, I'd have to do the math on that because I, I think I wasn't even 30 years old. So it was well into my, you know, adult years that I started because I never had access to this. I did a little fishing, you know, like maybe even with a cane pole when I was in the suburbs of Chicago. But my father never did anything outdoors. So what's, what's ha interesting is here's, here's my story. And I don't know how many people would fall into it like this because you sort of have family members. Sometimes, for example, uh, Bradley, I have a, a former producer. We call him producer emeritus Dave Klein. He married a lovely woman, Casey, and her family is into the outdoors and David never hunted before, but you know, went out with the family, but I was on the radio. This is, this is how it happened. I was on the radio in the early nineties and I was with a guy who is literally a socialist from Manchester, England. He's a dear friend still to this day, Simon Rose. Uh, and his dad was a professor at Mizzou and that's how they kind of landed in mid Missouri and gun issues came up and I was very pro gun pro um, second amendment. He was not. And somebody called and said, Hey, why don't you come out and shoot some guns and you recreationally, right? And I took him up on that offer, and that became a good friend of mine, Kevin. And then he finally said, hey, how about my deer camp? And here I am. I never shot a gun. I finally started shooting some guns. I'm like, okay, what do I do? He was my mentor, and I loved it. And I didn't love it because of the killing the deer, because that part of it is really a small part of the equation, right? Yeah, yeah. It's You really don't do a lot of um, shooting. You do a lot of <laughs> well, you never, she never hunted with me. If I have friends listening right now, Bradley, from that part of the woods, they may say, well, wait a second. Mark would be the exception. We hear a lot of bullets from his neck of the woods. But yes, generally you are correct about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've all been there a time or two if you've hunted. But yeah, it's, it's more for the experience of, 
um, like you said, camaraderie, if you're, you're in a camp or just for enjoyment for yourself, being still in nature. Oh, and I wanted to say here, just filling in the blanks on something here, closing the mm-hmm. thought loop. I, don't, I, I said I wanted to take men out of the mix for a second because we have a lot of women and girls and my daughter. You know, I have two boys who are older and I took them to deer camp a couple of years. They just they didn't get into it and I'm not going to force them to do anything. Right. Who knows? Maybe they get back into it when they're a little older. But my daughter really loves the experience. And, you know, you bring kids out there, you expose them to things in a very safe way, obviously, but they see the carcasses. We do all the butchering on on this farm. So there's a good science lesson, biology lesson, and she takes it very well. She doesn't really have an interest right now in going out and, and shooting anything, which I think is fine. But you even address this in the piece. It's not only the hunting part, but getting the hell out in the, the outdoors we need to do more, right? Yeah, yeah, that that is a big part. I mean, I, I in the piece I said that we only spend an average of like what one or two hours a day at most outside. Um, that like that's not very much compared to to what the founders would have spent outside. And you know, a lot of our work and our school and our education, um, just our even our leisure, just the things we do for fun, are indoors, sitting down in front of a screen. Yes. Um, not activating our, our senses and the world around us uh, and just being passive passive observers of, of screens and that's not that's not a healthy way um, to be a person it's but terrible. Also, it's not healthy for a society um, if that's how everyone lives every day yeah well and Bradley Haley is here who wrote about this in the Federalist the problem is and I, I think you, you might agree I don't know how you turn it around because it seems like the trend is going to keep going in that direction and that that's really sad when you look at the future certainly of of hunting and maybe even fishing i've seen you know fishing was my first thing i did do that when i was younger and you just don't see as many people doing that anymore either yeah no you don't i i think you know there there is a lot of reason to i guess despair and say that it'll never get better i think one thing that that might pique people's interest in getting in the outdoors more especially with these more active things like hunting and fishing that have a fruit that you bring home from it which would be you know meat and food is that you know, people are interested in obviously politics and society, what's happening on the broad scale. But if you t- if you if you captivate people's imagination with like a thought experiment, like what happens if everything just crashes, right? We we're not able to just go to the store and buy food. I think there's a lot of people, and I think this is why I touched on the on the men specifically, because men kind of want this adventure of okay, we can't just go buy food. How am I going to survive? Can I survive? Am I capable? I think that's a question a lot of people want to answer for themselves, and they aren't really given that opportunity in kind of in the modern technological world. So if we can pique people's interest in being able to survive off of the land, I, I think there is a real potential that we could see a revival of outdoorsmanship well we'll we'll have to see uh bradley let me ask you this as a young conservative you're at hillsdale college just kind of off the topic of hunting what what are your thoughts about the nuttiness that you're seeing on college campuses in relation to this uh this war in israel with gaza and and beyond that i mean it's i knew that there were problems you're 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 on a safe space there at hillsdale right you don't have to be exposed to all this nonsense but good lord yeah no hillsdale is is a great place um we don't really have a lot of the craziness that the most college campuses have. I think, I think what it really shows with the, with the Israel war is that the young people have been trained to want to be victims, right? We want to be victims of oppression and and and, and these social grand social ills. And when you when you see Israel and this 
conflict with Hamas, people automatically gravitate towards one side or the other and claim victimhood um, instead of being kind of more reflective about what's the actual situation, what's the history of this. And you, you have a whole generation, unfortunately my generation, of activists who just immediately take one narrative and run and um, start blaring, blaring sirens and horns and just being disruptive without actually considering the the, the scheme of what's happening yep. on the, on the yeah, grand scale. It, it does, however, give a talk show host plenty of material. I will say that. So that's <laughs> maybe sure. my only positive. Hey, listen, great to have a conversation with you. Always fun to talk to a young intellectual conservative. And we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Get out in the woods, Bradley. We'll talk. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile priority has a certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Again. I appreciate it. Thank you. There's a bit of a dispute on February 2nd. Let's see if we can settle it right here with uh, Sue Thomas. Mm. It is Groundhog Day, right? There's no yeah. S? I don't believe so. I don't either. But I just wanted to point out because I just retweeted this or re-X'd it. No, it doesn't work. Does uh, it? it doesn't. The Babylon Bee, which is awesome, it's like the um, you know the digital version of the Onion. The Onions on Twitter, I think, too. But the Babylon Bee is even better, and they they certainly favor conservative. If you're a conservative and you do not follow the Babylon Bee on Twitter, you you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. So they have one. This is a little visual, but it's a picture of our president <laughs> reaching his hand out. Nobody's in front of him, and it says Joe Biden sees shadow, attempts to shake his hand, <laughs> and you know, boy, that's the thing about great pinpoint satire is there's always an element of reality yes, right? yes. And, and yes and it's certainly sadly true 
with our president. All right, so my, my friend John Ziegler, who is a crazy guy in California, who's a guest every once in a while and gets the audience riled up, you know, you've, you've been a part of this, and John likes to scream about things. You know what's interesting is, though, he, he's saying, and he caught me off guard when he was on two weeks ago, he says he's leaving social media. Yeah. He's going to go dark in mid-February. After the video that I will air, it's actually the audio version of the video for Audio Cut of the Day. I'm going to demand that he doesn't do that because I'm going to miss out on the story. So that's coming up here. He just gifted this to me. I was sitting here looking at my computer, Sue, a few minutes ago, and I'm like, what is – sometimes I have these things, you know, settled, but I wasn't exactly sure what Audio Cut of the Day was, and he gifted it to me, and it's a pretty good story. So we'll share that. It has to do with masking out in mm-hmm. California, believe it or not. It's 2024, isn't it? But let me play this because this is – um. This is a guy. Now, I want to make sure I identify who this person is because we talked about it a little bit on the roundtable. Um, let me first talk about Boston because we've seen this in Boston at Logan Airport. The migrants were shipped into Boston. They have no place to put them. There have been visuals of and pictures of these immigrants that are just sitting on the floor with their sleeping bags or whatever in Logan Airport just up and down the, um, you know, the rows. It's been horrifying. So now in, we talked about it a little bit on the um, – on the roundtable, did you see what they're doing in Chicago with this bus terminal? No. Okay. So there's a. I'm going to look for this because I have a, a visual with this as well, where they are told you say, me. Are they putting migrants there? Is that what? You're... Yes, but I want to make sure I describe this accurately, and I have to pull something up here from my okay. reading list on the Twitter here because I have it. So. Starting this month, and there's signs up there. It says, starting February 1st, all hotel and off-airport parking shuttles pick up in the lower-level arrival lanes of Terminal 2. The pickup site is a short walk from baggage claim at Terminals 1 and 2. So what they're doing, effective yesterday, they have shut down and they have moved their entire bus shuttle center at O'Hare. And they're using it. Actually, you know what? I'm not exactly sure if this is... Because they have another airport. They could be Midway, okay? I was going to say. check on that. Okay. It could be Midway. In fact, if I had to guess, it is Midway because Midway is in the city of Chicago. So they're using it to house illegals. And um, the police have warned the media that they're not allowed to film in the shuttle center. So this is a guy. And I don't know who this guy is. He's a reporter with, you know, one of these digital reporters that goes out for a conservative site. But I thought this was very, very revealing. He's just kind of narrating what he's seeing. And at one point, you'll even hear somebody say, you can't film, you can't, you know, record this. They've actually, so this whole thing, this whole black curtain, full of illegals all the way down, the entire bus terminal's taken over. Who said no pictures? You're in America. This whole bus terminal has been taken over by illegals because they've been invited in by Joe Biden. But now they don't even have room behind here. They have hundreds behind this black curtain. Now they're, they're having to put the beds out here so that American citizens can't even sit out here anymore. You got more beds coming here. So American citizens are standing out in the freezing cold out here because they don't want to come in here. And on February 2nd, this entire thing is getting taken over where media is not going to be able to come in. Citizens aren't going to be able to come in. It's only illegal aliens that are going to be allowed to be in here. This is Joe Biden's America. This is the Democrats' America. Please stay away from curtain. Please stay away. Don't touch. Private. It's private here, guys. Private here. So this, so if I go in there, I'm breaking the law. But if you come in illegally into our country, that's fine. It it is sunny. So that guy is known on Twitter as uh, Gopher Mark, and it's uh, at Gopher underscore M-A-R-C. 
I'm just watching the video. You see basically a bunch of black curtains that are up. There's wow. someone that's at a table, I guess, that checks in the migrants, and they're shooing people out. So here's what all the signs said, because Libs of TikTok, that's a great account. They, they put a bunch of visual evidence of this up. Um, Chicago, the city of Chicago, in consultation with the police department, the Chicago Department of Aviation, the Office of Emergency Management, the Department of Family Support Services, is requesting all media reporting on migrants arriving. Oh, this is O'Hare. This says O'Hare. It is O'Hare. It I does just say, looked it okay, up. all media reporting on migrants arriving at O'Hare International Airport film only in the designated area outside of the bus shuttle center. Jeez. Any media, this is ridiculous. Think about this. Yes. Any media entering the facility may be asked by personnel on site to relocate to the designated area. So, why? Well, pretty, I'll tell you why. Look at the picture that I just pulled yep. up. Because you got migrants that are sleeping all throughout O'Hare in this bus terminal that are just stacked up. Yep. And that, that so think about this, what it's doing to the customers. We're no longer going to pick up you customers at the big shuttle center where you can stay warm. We're going to change that at the lower level in the middle lane. And we're going to inconvenience you because we have too many people here who are not even legally in this country. That's where we are. And you know what? That guy was right. That is, sadly, Joe Biden's America. Just look at the polling right now because um, it ain't looking good for uh, the current president right now. I don't know if it's looking all that great in some places for the former president either. Let's do this. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. All right, as I told you, I had to call an audible here. And Sue, you kind of watched the video with me. I, I just pulled this up on Twitter a short time ago. My friend John Ziegler, who is a regular guest on the program, he's out in the Los Angeles area. He's got a six-year-old daughter uh, named Diana, who is just lovely. And John went to pick up Diana at school today. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase the first part of the story, and then I'll let him take it from there as audio cut of the day. So he goes to pick up Diana. He notices that there's a woman and two kids that have, like, I think he even said, didn't he say in a stroller? The kids had oh, yeah. N95s on. She had an N95 on, and she's talking on cell phone. So she pulls down the N95, and at this point, <laughs> Diana says she wants to run back to her teacher because she kind of knows that John is going to embarrass her. I have some commonality with Zig on this because my daughter senses when I'm going to do something that maybe I shouldn't do and, and tells me not to do it. So you're familiar with that, oh, right? Oh, I am. That's part of your role here on 97.1 FM Talk. So he picks it up from there. And so... I pointed out the lady to Diana, and I said, Diana, look at that lady. She's on a cell phone with a mask. How stupid is that? And the lady, of course, overheard me, and she was very upset. And she pulled down the mask, ironically enough, and she said, I have pneumonia or something like that. And I said, but the mask doesn't work. And then what happened, Diana? I still wanted to run back to my teacher and say... <laughs> what did she oh. say, though? She said, um... Uh, um I am going to call the cops. Oh! And she said, do you want me to call the police? And, and I said, please call the police. Please. Now, she never did call the police. Still, I wanted to go back to my teacher and say that it was not my dad. <laughs> Why were you so embarrassed by me? I'm trying to make sure they don't bring mask mandates back to your school. You don't get that. All right. Well, I'm sorry you were embarrassed, but this is the insanity we still have to deal with in Southern California in February of 2024. Mm, that's crazy. Thank you, John Ziegler, for that audio cut of the day. Sue, have a great weekend. Hey, you too. Have fun at Bingo with Jane. I can't wait. Hey, we get the Hall of Famer back on Monday afternoon. Love it. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi -ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. 
But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.